smartphone. The Chaplet of Divine Mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. The third day he rose again, ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God. He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 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 Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 
sake of his sorrowful passion. For the 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 sake of his sorrowful passion. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
the sake of his sorrowful passion. For 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 the sake of his sorrowful passion. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the wondered how it would be possible to make your cup of coffee an even greater joy? Coffee of the Cross brings you great coffee for a great cause. We roast on Mondays and ship on Wednesdays direct to you from Nicaragua. All proceeds go to fund the Mountain of Peace Shrine, inspired by St. John Paul II, where thousands of people come on pilgrimage to pray for peace and consecrate themselves to Our Lady. Coffee of the Cross is a non-profit project of the Diocese of Matagalpa with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Fill your cup with Coffee of the Cross, knowing that you are employing families and conserving a natural treasure, the Mountain of Peace Shrine. Please visit coffeeofthecross.com for more information and to purchase your coffee today. That website again is coffeeofthecross.com. It's time now for the KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Each week at this time, we present interviews on topics pertinent to Catholics in North Texas. And now, here is this week's Interview of the Week. 
Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this KTH 9:10 a.m. interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. I uh, hope you are doing well and having a great summer. And I am so delighted to bring this interview to you today because uh, I recently was contacted by a wonderful religious lady by the name of Mother Servant of the Cross, and she had called and emailed and said that. Uh, her, she and uh, another sister are now working at St. Bernard of Clairvaux, Clairvaux Catholic School in Dallas and they wanted to come in and do an interview and talk about the school and what makes it unique and beautiful and encourage people to uh, consider it for their children pre-K through 8th grade and so I said, yeah, I love talking about Catholic schools. I love talking to religious. And so, by golly, here she is. And uh, both uh, Mother Servant of the Cross, it's going to take a little getting used to that that name, and also um, Sister Maria Philothea uh, is here. She's not going to be talking, but she's here praying for us. And so uh, really excited to get to know you, introduce you to our listeners, and talk about this beautiful school. So thank you for taking the time to come in. Thank you so much for the invitation. We're very happy to be here. And the longer I talk to you before we started, the more interesting your life story seems to be. And so I just want to, first of all, just ask you to tell our listeners about you, uh, you've told me a lot before we started, but you know, who are you? And uh, tell us a little bit about your background and also your call into religious life. Yes. Um, born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I found or answered uh, to my vocation a little bit later in life. I had been teaching um, in at my alma mater, Catholic school, mm-hmm. and felt called uh, to be a missionary, yeah. really. And so that's when I met the, the community, the servants of the Lord and the Virgin of Matara. Um, and I just celebrated my 10th year anniversary. Um, and something that's pretty unique, um, I'm one of five children and being a twin, I have a twin brother who was just ordained, um, to be a priest, uh, last May, last, mm. or last year. And he is, um, a missionary as well of the same religious family. So they instituted the incarnate word, um, that he discerned his vocation after, well, he, attributes after visiting me in the convent and Mm. seeing our life um, and meeting the priests as well and just responding to his vocation um, to be a priest um, and to be a missionary priest. That is so amazing. I'm curious, when you and your brother were five or seven or ten, did you ever have a conversation that like, hey, what what if I'm a a nun and you're a priest one day? Did that ever ever hit the radar screen? You know, unfortunately, no. No, we were... um, Definitely raised in a, in a loving Catholic family, but uh, the vocation aspect of it wasn't very much on our radar. Yeah. We were pretty busy playing basketball together, um, or or sports, or or just playing with our friends. And it was later in life, um, really through our own paths, that we came to know the Lord in a deeper way, and and then came to really ask God what He wanted from us. Mm-hmm. And so it was quite the surprise, but. All the more of a blessing, I think, to our family and to us individually, for sure. Yeah. So. Graduate of Benedictine College in mm-hmm. Kansas, and yeah. you played basketball for them. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I uh, good, good, great. God must be a very good basketball player. And you say your brother is as well. Yes, he was. He was very good. Is he tall? Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, no. okay. Yeah. Well, there's. Yeah, you don't have to be tall. It certainly no. helps. And so, tell us about the servants of the Lord uh, and of the 
Virgin of Matara. Yes. Is that from Mexico or where does that come from? We were actually founded in Argentina. Oh, okay. In 1988, um, we were oh, founded. Recent. Yes, we're a very, a very young order, um, founded to be Marian missionaries. Yeah. So we take a fourth vow um, of actual consecration to Our Lady, um, so that we might be able to ask her intercession in all that we do. Um, and so we're in over 35 countries serving in, in many different, uh, aspects or d- different apostolates. Our charism is the evangelization of the culture so mm. that we might bring the good news of the gospel in every aspect of life. Well, you got your work cut out for you, don't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, in yes, this culture. And how, from a practical standpoint, obviously you're in a school setting now. Mm-hmm. Well, how else do the religious men and women of this order carry out that mission? Um, well, we have houses of mercy, so caring for the vulnerable, caring for the those who come from very difficult families, um, for those who have um, disabilities and they're not able to be properly cared for. Uh, we also have um, a lot of work in, in parishes and in Catholic uh, formation and sacramental um, preparation mm-hmm. and such and. And, schools. and one thing that people won't see unless they go to our Facebook page is the the habits are really beautiful. I just yes. love the shade of blue. That's the first yeah. thing I said when I saw you is I said, oh, I love your habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's a, it's a neat, uh, how else would you describe yeah. it or why those colors? Is there a significance? Or? Yes, there is. Um, our founder wanted our habit to also represent the incarnation of Jesus, that he became flesh uh, for love of us. So we have a gray tunic. And the gray is to remember Jesus' humanity, mm-hmm. that he was human, just like you and me, yeah. um, and that he was also divine. So the blue is actually to remember Jesus' divinity, that in every moment of his life, he was 100% God and 100% man. Yeah. And the blue also will remind people of um, Our Lady, so yeah. of, her, of her love for us and of her protection. So. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, I, you mentioned before we started, 1,300 religious, I, I think, women in this order mm-hmm. uh, worldwide. I can't mm-hmm. believe it's 1988. I mean, that this is very, very young, yeah. and that's a big number for yeah. uh, only a, a few decades, four, four decades or so. Uh, how many in America? Uh, do, you, do you know that off the top of your head? Or are, are they mostly in Argentina, or uh, is yeah. it, has it grown a lot here in America? It has. Um I don't know the exact number, yeah. but I think we're about 130 okay. um, of sisters. And something unique to us as well is that we do have a contemplative branch. So we have sisters who are dedicated um, solely to prayer uh, and then also the active uh, mm-hmm. branch. Yeah. So both being um, within the number of... Yeah. Just curiosity question, then I want to get on to the school. Uh-huh. But uh, do you think a personality type is either contemplative or active? Or could somebody, could you, could we, your superior say, we want you to become contemplative for the next 10 years? Or would that drive you yeah. crazy? Huh? <laughs> is it a personality type? Yeah. Well, definitely not a personality type because some of the most outgoing, crazy sisters <laughs> all of a sudden asked to enter the monastery. Oh, yeah. So for us, it's, it is a personal um, yeah. request to enter. And so it's a vocation within a vocation as as many times sisters enter the active branch and then discover um, that their deeper yearning and call to to give absolutely everything in contemplative life and yeah so, mm-hmm. all right mother servant of the cross is my guest with the servants of the lord and the virgin of matada matada 
And as we mentioned before, she and uh, Sister Maria Philothea have been assigned to St. Bernard of Clairvaux Catholic School, which is on Old Gate Lane in Dallas. Their website is stbernardccs.org. It's stbernardccs.org. And uh, founded back in 1948, so I'm going to put you on the hot seat. And uh, <laughs> even though you've only been here for a year or so in, uh, yeah. in Dallas, uh, yeah. uh, what well, can you tell us about the school and its history? Yeah, well, the history is like many Catholic schools here in the United States. We give great thanks to religious. Um, it was founded or started by the Sisters of the Holy Spirit and Mary Immaculate, um, it, for in 1948, they opened the elementary school, and then two years after, they were able to to build on and to have a middle school. Uh, and it's such a grace that we actually have a parishioner at St. Bernard's who was in the first grade for the first year of their opening, and she's able to tell um, beautiful stories of yeah of the beginning years of St. Bernard's. Yeah. Um, and the community that is able to have been continued um, up until this point, which is, is quite a, a Yeah, gift. I realize I'm saying St. Bernard, and that's more like the dog, and yeah, you're <laughs> nice enough not to correct me, but it's actually St. Bernard, right? Bernard, Bernard of Clairvaux. St. Bernard uh, of Clairvaux, yes. <laughs> and he founded the Cistercians, right? Yes. He, yeah. Well, he helped reform the Cistercians okay. um, really through his um, contemplative life and his great zeal for truth and um, living that and in his in his daily life, and it was very attractive, even to his own family, um, who responded to the call of the gospel and and being very generous and and giving all to to love God alone. Yeah. So, how did you and Sister Maria get assigned to Saint Bernard of Clairvaux? Yes. What's the connection between that parish, the diocese, and uh-huh. your order? Yes. Well, like I mentioned before, that my brother is a priest of the Institute mm-hmm. of the Incarnate Word. Um, the parish uh, has is run by the, um, two priests. Oh, Father Gaston is our pastor, Father Gaston Jacinti, who is a member of the Institute of the Incarnate Word. And so he had asked for the sisters to come and help um, in the school. So I'm currently teaching first grade. Um, I'm the first grade home home teacher, and Sister Philatea is the sixth grade homeroom, and she teaches religion for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Hmm. Yeah, so you get the, the the cute little first graders, and she gets middle school kids. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is awesome. So yeah. what is the current situation? I mean, I know this year everything is topsy-turvy, and everybody's life has been uh, turned upside down. And so be, be even let's not talk about COVID yet and all that, mm-hmm. what's unique about this year, but just the school in general. Yeah. Uh, how's it doing? How's enrollment? What are the mm-hmm. needs? Uh, yeah, yeah, they would, uh, tell us about that. Yeah. Well, St. Bernard is the gem of East Dallas, is, mm-hmm. is what we're we're calling it, um, because it really is. I mean, it's a small school that it's able to have a real family atmosphere. Um, but with that, I think sometimes there's the difficulty of not um, clearly seeing that value if mm-hmm. it's not... Where most people say, where are you? And we're like, oh, we're at St. Bernard's. And they're like, where's that? Yeah. So I think that there, a lot of people don't know of, of the school, um, or of the parish and, and to say that it, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, our enrollment is, um, is lower than it and than we would want it to be, I guess. Yeah. Um, but with that, it allows for, um, like one-on-one um, attention for our students. We have a 10-to-1 
student um, teacher ratio, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Our average class size is 15 students um, and and many opportunities for extracurricular activities and um, hands-on learning, STEM program, yeah. and such. I you talk about East uh, East Dallas. Uh, I went to St. Patrick's grade cool. school in East yes. Dallas, and I still remember Sister Laura, who was a principal, yeah. uh, and the 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 nuns who you know were habited nuns like uh-huh. you all made a big impact. And just yeah. the presence, just seeing nuns, which is yeah. becoming kind of rare in Catholic schools, unfortunately these days. Yeah. And that, that really does make a difference. Yes. And so your, your very presence is important. You say you're a first grade teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that your role there or, or is there a spiritual element yes. beyond, beyond that for the student body? Yes. So I have the great opportunity to, to also be the faith coordinator. Okay. So for the sacrament preparation, um, for confirmation and first communion. And also something that's so beautiful is that, um, Allowing for many, many students who have not received baptism also to have mm-hmm. that preparation um, with the students themselves and also with the families. Um, so that's a, yeah. Yeah. I, we used to have a monthly show here with the superintendent, uh, Dr. Matthew Vareki oh, and uh-huh. uh, Dr. Veronica Alonzo uh-huh. used to do a show here every month and, you know, ta- extolling the, the benefits of Catholic schools. And I've interviewed a lot of principals. And so I'll ask you the same question with all, all the choices in homeschooling and charter schools and public schools and, you know, this, um, what, what, what would you say to a parent of why, even with sacrifice, even with mm-hmm. tuition and, you know, the sacrifices that parents make all the time, why is it it's still really important to to prayerfully consider Catholic schools for your children. Yeah. Um, well, I would have to say because witnesses are more powerful than words. Mm-hmm. You know, so we desire to go to to send our children to a Catholic school so that they might um, they might witness people who live the gospel in their in their life, mm-hmm. um, so that they're teaching um, the truths of the faith, but also they're living. The truths of the faith. Yeah. And so that is what allows one to really be formed into receiving the graces that God wants to give us. So the love that God has for us, that we're open to receiving that, not just, you know, one year of our life, not just one moment of our life, but in a school that is every single day, we're able to have those conversations, we're able to pray with the children, we're able to teach them how to pray, mm-hmm. and to, God willing, form these deep-rooted habits that they will have for the rest of their life. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to be able to openly talk about your faith and openly talk about God. Absolutely. I, uh, yeah, and uh, and some unfortunately some schools you you just can't go there. You yes. know, you can be a deeply yeah. religious person working there, but you can't you yes. know say, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. which is great. Saint Bernard of Clairvaux, Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. I got to pronounce this right, okay? <laughs> when, uh, Saint Bernard of Clairvaux Catholic School uh, in Dallas. The website. Uh, uh, stbernardccs.org. That's stbernardccs.org. My guest is uh, Mother Servant of the Cross, uh, who is a first grade teacher and also spiritual director, uh, head of uh, faith like, coordinator. Faith coordinator. Yeah. Okay, there you go. All right. <laughs> and also have uh, Sister Maria Philothea here in studio with me as well. Um, I see that on the website, Lori Senecole is the principal. Yes. And uh, um, before we get to that and the tours and how people can get to know the school a little bit better, let me ask you about, you know, the plans for the fall, if it's known yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Are we going to be 
in classroom? It's not going to be Zoom or what? 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 What yeah. do we know as far as how you're going to proceed in the fall? You know, it's that's a great question, and just like we don't have a crystal ball and we're not yeah. looking at it, we are planning and um, really preparing to be in class in person August 11th, and with knowing that the future may have moments of 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 distant learning or e-learning, we have both platforms um, that we're preparing for to be able to have a congruent um, uh, education. Yeah. And Miss Cynical, our, our our new principal, is is phenomenal in leading us through this, you know, un, un, unfamiliar time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we really do feel prepared and in, in allowing our students to continue their education despite these these un- unprecedented times. Yeah, they, they certainly are. Uh, just have a few minutes remaining. Uh, I told you beforehand it was the time was going to go by fast. I hope it has. <laughs> I hope you're, hope you're not saying, boy, this seems like three hours, much less 20 minutes. Uh, okay, so somebody's listening and they're like, wow, this sounds intriguing. I'd like to, to, to ch- you know, at least go and check this out or visit the website again, stbernardccs.org. If somebody would like to visit the campus, yes. get a tour, mm-hmm. what, what should they do? You can just call, call okay. and make an appointment. And actually, our principal gives the tours herself. Mm-hmm. So she's she's up at school almost every single day, even in the summer. Yeah. So she would love to to show our school. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it must be fun for you to be in that environment in a Catholic school. And uh, uh, that, that you, you you've had a whole year cycle so far. Mm-hmm. Of course, the spring was a little wacky yeah. with COVID and all that. Yeah. What was your what were your takeaways for the first year being there? What yeah. what 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 impressed you with the school? Well, I enjoyed it very much. Um, but I think for me, I, if I could share just one little yeah, story, please. Um, one was the fact that you know even with little children, you're able to have beautiful conversations yeah. about Jesus. So on our in our habit, we have this cross. It's the actually the cross of Matara, where our name comes from. And it has Jesus surrounded by the instruments of the passion. So I'm able to point at the Holy Eucharist and mm-hmm. talk to a little pre-K, pre-K-3 um, yeah. about Jesus and the Eucharist. And I, and I'm also able to, to talk about the instruments of the passion that Jesus died for love of you and for me. And so there was this one moment before dismissal, before the end of school, um, where we all gather together and, and have our end of the, end of the day announcements and then our, our prayer. And so after I, I go and I sit with the, the students in line and, um, one of the, one of the little girls asked, and, and why is Mary so Mary is also depicted at the at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. Why is Mary there? And I was able to say because Mary is always with Jesus, and she's always with us. Yeah. And so that's the most impressionable, like the thing that I I love the most about St. Bernard's is that I am able to to have these beautiful conversations about the love of Jesus and Mary yeah. um, to all the children every day. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we are out of time officially, but I want to okay. give you an opportunity. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners about mm-hmm. the school? Uh, yeah. what you, any last thoughts? Yes. I mean, most importantly, I think to ask for prayers, um, because the prayers of, of the faithful are the most important for any Catholic institution to be able to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. So for, for anyone who is, is listening, we, we do ask for the prayers for our faculty, for our staff, um, for our students, for their sanctification, um, and ultimately for our docility to the will of God. 
Yeah, amen. Well, well put, and a great way to close this out. So it's pre-K 3 through 8th grade. Applications for the 2020-21 school year are now open, and you can also call to schedule a tour at the school, 214-321-2897, 214-321-2897. Also the website, stbernardccs.org, uh, st. Bernard, B-E-R-N-A-R-D, CCS.org. And of course, you can do an old-fashioned search if you <laughs> if you want to. My guest has been Mother Servant of the Cross and also prayer support here in studio from Sister Maria Philothea. So thank you so much. Thank I've enjoyed you. getting to know you and learning more about the school. And I ask our listeners, first of all, to pray and also to prayerfully consider this, uh, if this might be a good fit for your, your child, right? Yes. Okay. Well, then, nice to, nice to talk with you. And thank I also you. thank Cecil Anderson for running the board flawlessly, I might add today. And also for you, all of our dear listeners. And, um, I mentioned how mother had reached out to me and said, Hey, got, you know, something we'd like to promote. And if you have something, local and Catholic that our listeners should know about, please email me and let me know. You make my job easier by, you know, giving me ideas for interviews. Uh, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your weekend. Hi, I'm Mother Servant of the Cross, and I serve at St. Bernard Catholic School in East Dallas. We call it the Gem of East Dallas because of our academic excellence, small class size, and most importantly, our Catholic environment. We strive to nourish each child in their faith and personal relationship with Christ. We are currently enrolling for pre-K 3 to 8th grade. If you'd like to learn more about this beautiful Catholic school, please visit our website at stbernardccs.org or call for a personal tour, 214-321-2897. Are you looking for a place to donate your gently used clothing to but are unable to drop them off at one of our locations? Worry not. The St. Vincent de Paul Thrift Store can help. We have over 40 donation bins available throughout the DFW Metroplex. Find one near you today by visiting our website and for a complete list of acceptable items at svdpdallas.org slash shop. That's svdpdallas.org slash shop. And remember, whether you are shopping or donating, you are giving at the St. Vincent de Paul Thrift Stores. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Glad to have you with us uh, for, you know, we always talk about important topics uh, related to our faith and our community. Diane Xavier is running the board for us today. And I must say, as many of these as I've done, and I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these interviews of the week, this one is unique because it uh, really combines our faith and also civic responsibility and I'm really delighted to introduce you to uh, a wonderful lady. I've gotten a chance to speak with her a little bit before we started recording. Her name is Dr. Elba Garcia. You may be familiar with the name because she has uh, been a civil servant here in the, the Dallas area for many years now. Uh, she is a Dallas County Commissioner for District 4 of Dallas. She's also a mother of two grown sons. Uh, she's a wife. She's a professional dentist with her own private practice and also a former Dallas City Council member. And uh, perhaps most importantly of all, she's a wonderful, faithful Catholic at St. Cecilia Parish, uh, where she and her husband and I think her sons have worshipped now for 39 years. Amazing. So, Dr. Elba Garcia, Commissioner Garcia, thanks for joining us for this uh, interview. And I, and I will say the main topic is going to be about the census, you know, the importance of of uh, cooperating and filling out the census. So we'll get to that in a moment, but I want to get to know a little bit about her first. So, Dr. Garcia, thanks for being with us. It's a pleasure to be with all of you this afternoon. 
Yeah, so tell me, so you've been at St. Cecilia for almost 40 years, and uh, in speaking with you before we started, it sounds like uh, you're really an active member of that community and just really love uh, love that parish. Uh, it, 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 are you pretty active in the parish, you and your husband and your family? Well, uh, definitely not as active as I used to be when my kids were part of the St. Cecilia School. But definitely, I have to say that as soon as I immigrated to the United States, I I consider myself a, an Oak Cliff, an Oak Cliff native now, and uh, I was, you know, very involved when my children were young, and I still am, but not as much as I used to. Um, I, I love my parish. I have seen a lot of friends, a lot of uh, baptisms, first communions, uh, confirmations, weddings. You name it, we've been there, and my husband and I are, love our, you know, our friends and our Saint Cecilia's family. Yeah, let me ask you about your position currently as a Dallas County Commissioner for District Four. What what is um what are your responsibilities? Um, is it an elected position, uh, appointed? Tell us a little bit more about that role. Yes. Um, and it's a very good question. Believe it or not, it's amazing how many people I talk to that they say, oh, so you're in the city council. No, I'm not in the commissioner's court. Oh, okay, with the city, right? No, in the commissioner's court. <laughs> so uh, there's 254 counties in the state of Texas, and every single county has a commissioner's court. All the 254 counties have five members, four commissioners elected by district, and one judge elected uh, countywide. So uh, I, I have the honor of being the commissioner for District 4, which is the west side of Dallas County. That includes Irving, Grand Prairie, Cochrane Hill, uh, west side of the city of Dallas, which is Lockfield, West Dallas, and North Oak Cliff. And I been I started my third term. And I, we are an extension of a state government. What does that mean? That we implement all the laws that are passed by the legislature every two years in, uh, in the county. So the 254 counties implement all the laws and changes that the state government does. And you've seen it very well reflected during this pandemic. Uh, there's some, um, uh, guidelines that the governor does because he has the power over the 254 counties and some powers that he gives to the counties, which are the ones that uh, our judge, Clay Jenkins in Dallas County, and the commissioner's court, the other four members, which is District 1, uh, Teresa Daniels, District 2, uh, J.J. Koch, uh, District 3, Commissioner John Wally Price, and uh, District 4, Commissioner Alba Garcia. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that was a great explanation. In a nutshell, that's that. Yeah. What do we do? Our main, our main, main focus, other than implementing all the laws that, that the state uh, passes, is to balance the budget. Balance hmm. the budget and create the budget. And we so oversee Parkland, uh, Parkland Hospital, which, as you know, is uh, uh, the state uh, hospital. And that's... Those are the duties. Uh, we are in Dallas County, uh, close to 126 elected officials, uh, positions that we oversee their budgets. That includes the county jail and all the, uh, all the judges, as well as the, uh, county clerk, district clerk, 
and all the other elected officials that are under the umbrella of Dallas County. Wow. Great explanation. Thank you. And before we get to the census, because I know that's the main topic we're talking about, uh, you're also a, a professional, uh, you're a dentist. And so are you able to balance the, the full-time dentistry with being a county commissioner? How does how does that balance? And, and not to mention, you know, you have two children, children they're, they're adults, but you're still, you know, married and, you know, have a household and that kind of thing. So how, how do you balance it all? Well, I committed to my constituents that I am a part-time dentist and a full-time commissioner. I manage a practice. I'm very blessed to have a fantastic group of dentists and staff that have been with me for a long time. So they want me to be serving people and they take care of most of the dental practice, but I still manage the budget and I still want to be in touch with my constituents. And I have to say, being a dentist uh, keeps me not only uh, independent, because I obviously uh, do public service because I want to do public service, but also my patients are the ones who call me and tell me, oh, 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 don't you dare to, to do that. We want you to do this. I mean, they're very uh, concerned about the community, just like most of my fellow parishioners at St. Cecilia. And Hey, you know, it has helped me well to keep my feet grounded, what I call out of the political bubble. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, if you're just joining me, uh, Dr. Alba Garcia is the Dallas County Commissioner for District 4, and she's given us a great explanation of uh, what exactly that means as, uh, as a commissioner and what the responsibilities are. Uh, I want to thank, by the way, uh, a couple of ladies, Minerva Rodriguez and Blanca Torres, and they've been the ones uh, I'm so thankful who helped to arrange interviews, in this case, uh, the one with uh, Dr. Garcia. And so thanks to them. I know they're listening to this, so we appreciate uh, your help in arranging this. Well, Dr. Garcia, uh, Commissioner Garcia, let's get right into the topic at hand, and that is the census. Uh, tell our listeners, first of all, why is there a census in the first place? Why do we have to count heads and find out how many people live uh, in a particular county or, or state? Well, as you know, the census is by law every 10 years. And the main reason is as we pay taxes and that money goes into the federal government, the federal government wants to know also how much are we going to grow? Where are we growing? And this is extremely important because it's our money coming back to us in basic services, services that are needed in every single community, north, south, east, west. What am I talking about? How many people are going to be in 10 years living in Dallas County? And that means transportation, schools, uh, everything that has to do with services, everything that has to do with political representation, because the census also says and marks if we're going to have more different communities, how many of new representatives are going to represent us in the state uh, at every single level of government, from the city council all the way to the, to the federal government. So as you can see, I always say that people might not like government, but government touches your life from the moment you're born, when you have your birth certificate, as you grow, as you walk out of your house into the sidewalk, if you go into the park or the library, or you have an emergency with the fire, you have to call the police, if the Lord does, you know, you finish in the county jail, you go to court every single moment of your life until the moment you die. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, you need government, not to mention all the services, education. We want our kids to have the schools in the future where they can learn and the right number of schools. So to fill out the census really means getting more money for all our communities that really belongs to us. Yes, and I, I just think of the task of counting everybody. And, you know, if somebody said, you know, just how many people are in this area? And to try to do that is quite a challenge. Not that I have to tell you that. So how is it carried out? How do you uh, count the people? And I know a lot of it's volunteer. You're asking people to respond and let us know. I've already filled out the census myself. But uh, how, how is it carried out to, to count to count everybody? Well, uh for the first time uh, since I remember, we didn't get any money from the federal government or the state. So pretty much what we've been doing is all the different municipalities based on population uh, gave some money to make a task force. The federal government comes with a group of people and do some of the county, but the county also working with the city of Dallas and the municipalities in Dallas County we also working in asking people in, you know, through media, through programs like you, through a podcast. Now we're doing it through social media because with the pandemic, as you know, part of our budget was also going door to door, which is usually the way that we access, especially a lot of the communities that do not have access to the internet or uh, anything that has to do with a hot spot. And we've been seeing that in the state of Texas, 60% of the population have a service through Wi-Fi. The rest of the population doesn't. So that has been a challenge, particularly in the minority communities and communities of color. So we really appreciate and we're very thankful to you for doing this interview because we want to reach everybody to fill out the census. And during this pandemic, I don't need to tell you, it's been very challenging. But uh, we're doing a lot of social media, of course, trying to work out with all our partners in municipalities, through water bills, through social media, with the schools, with all the different ISDs, uh, with churches, and, um, well, trying to uh, reach as many people as we can. I was getting some things in the mail saying, you know, fill out the census, fill out the census. And my wife kept saying, will you just do this? And of course, it's it's an easy thing to put off, you know, because we're all busy. And when I finally went online and did it, I realized I, I, I think it took me two or three minutes. I mean, it was very, very simple. And so it is, you know, I know you mentioned that not everybody has Wi-Fi capability and it's maybe done different ways. But what what kind of information are are you looking for you know from individuals if they go online or or fill out a form what what, what do you want to know it's very simple for the first time it's only 10 questions and there's no wrong answers and you can do it through the phone you can do it through your computer you can do it through the mail and let me tell you one of the things that people say is oh but isn't this already the deadline already passed no because of the pandemic we extended the deadline till october 30th so you have plenty of time don't think that it's already passed because usually it's 
this in April. And yes, we had a big April splash, but with the pandemic, the federal government has extended the deadline till October 30. So we have time. The information is very simple. Pretty much we want to know where you live. We want to know how many people live in the household. And it doesn't matter if it's multi-generational, if they're there just for work. I mean, the reality is we want to count everybody that lives in the household. Uh, what's your background? And a lot of people said, well, what is the race? What kind, what is my race? Because also race and ethnicity, those two questions, you answer whatever you feel you are. <laughs> you know, in the past, oh yes. And, and let me tell you, just in my family, I have a husband that is very strong. He's an Af- he's a Mexican American. I feel the Latino part of me. I have one son that identifies like Chicano, and the other one, you know, says, "Hey, do I have to identify with you guys?" <laughs> you don't have to put whatever you feel your background. I mean, I'm, you know, I want to be Apache because my husband is from Apache descent. Go ahead, whatever you feel, there's no wrong answer, just fill it out. And, and more, now more than ever, you know that people now with, uh, 21 and me and all this ancestry have feel strongly now about different roots. Yeah. So if you don't see your answer, put whatever answer you feel is the right answer. All right. And then, I mean, or remember, the most important thing, nobody's going to call you and ask you about your social security or a credit card. The census doesn't call back. So I want everybody to be very careful with people uh, calling you or uh, asking you for additional information. There's no such thing. Uh, so uh, pretty much is everything else is pretty straightforward. Um, so 10 questions. Less than 10 minutes, and it's very, very important for our future as a community, as a city, and as a state. Yes. How does the Catholic Church benefit um, as far as apostolates or the diocese of the parish, uh, you know, since we're a Catholic radio station? Why, why is it, how is it helpful to the, the, the local church? Well, I think that it helps us because we want to be sure that we have the opportunity for our kids to have the education. And education usually is linked to our faith. I mean, we believe that uh, we have the opportunity to go to uh, worship, you know, the right, the liberty. And this is through education, through transportation, through the opportunity of have jobs, to the opportunity of economic development. And if we want our churches to grow, we want our parishioners to be educated and grow and have the resources necessary to do it. Yes. And what if somebody, you know, just like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and I know that's, you know, we, we don't encourage that, but somebody that that October deadline comes and goes and they just like, for whatever reason, maybe they just forget what, what happens in that case? How you, you won't have an accurate count. You ultimately, are you going to find everybody or are there some that will slip through? Every undercount. You know, 1% is mm. millions of dollars. Yeah. What comes to your community and, uh, when people don't get counted, we all pay for it with the lack of services and the lack of roads and the lack of schools, things that we all really care about. And that's why people, when they say, oh, really? So if I don't fill it out, 
you know, it's my, it's my grandkids, it's my kids, and my, the next generation is the ones that are going to pay for it. You bet. So I know that when I talk to people, we all care about our next generations. We care about the next generations of, uh, Dallasites and Texans to have the opportunity. And now, especially now that we know that the economic turn that this pandemic has given us. We're going to need those resources. We're going to need everybody pulling together to be sure that the next generation doesn't, doesn't suffer for uh, this downturn in the economy. Yes. Dallas County Commissioner Elba Garcia is my guest. Uh, she is in District 4, and uh, we're talking about the census, and we'll, I guess, you know, talk about if somebody's listening right now and they're like, hey, I want to fill it out, but, you know, what do I do? We'll, we'll certainly um, give you that information here at the end as well. This is the interview of the week here on KTH 910 AM. And just a few minutes remaining, um, Commissioner Garcia, if, if people are listening, you know, like me, and and I, I've done my part, what should we do to to encourage friends or family or other people other than, you know, do radio interviews? <laughs> how, how, how can we help you to that end? I always challenge everyone to think about how we want to get involved, right? I mean, I know that every single time uh, something happens. Like in this pandemic, we've seen the best of people coming out. We've seen people coming and packing lunches. We've seen people delivering food to our uh, hospitals. We've seen people uh, helping other people to come out and do the best. And I always say that the people that don't get involved, then the later on they can't complain. Okay, you don't vote, you don't fill out the census, you don't make yourself available, then later on you cannot say why people, why there are no resources to help, mm-hmm. why people uh, do not want to, um, um, to help the community to make us all better. And I think this is what the census is all about. You want to be sure that your information is there so we can help everybody today and in the future and if you don't then don't complain later i mean you as well as i know that people call and say i need this why doesn't the government have allocated money to this well the government has allocated some money is this enough money is there enough money well if you don't let them know how many people live in your household how do you expect you know for the government to have all the solutions, all the answers, all all the re- economic resources to help. Yes. So I always say that it's in our responsibility to be sure that government serves the people, serves the community. And if we have to help government in order for them to help us, and our voice has to be heard, and we have to keep our elected officials accountable. But every single time we hear that we have to do something, let's go ahead and do it. And voting is one of them, and the second one is the census. Yes, yes, certainly. Uh, just about out of time, but let's wrap up by telling people maybe they're listening and they have not yet filled out the census and maybe for some reason they haven't gotten anything in the mail. Well, what, what, what can they do? Is there a website or, or what, well, how, how should they go ahead and fill it out? 2020census.gov. Uh, there's lines in English and you have the information in Spanish and other languages. There's no excuse. If you don't speak English, you can do it in pre- mainly, I mean, most of the language that we speak in Dallas County. So uh, there's 
many, many opportunities to do it. You can do it from your phone, from your iPad, uh, on a landline or any way you want. For the first time, it doesn't have to be in paper. And let me tell you, for whatever reason you didn't get anything in the mail, if you don't have that code number, don't worry about it. Just just put there, I don't have it, and you will be able to go straight to the question. Yeah, amazing. You know, it's I, I've lived in uh, North Texas on and off since the uh, mid-70s, and you've been here a long time as well, as we said, uh, I guess about 40, almost 40 years. It's amazing the growth, isn't it? Uh, it this is a place where people really want to come, and we just keep growing and growing year by year, don't we? We are the third fastest growing region, and as, and I say region because obviously there are cities that are growing more than others in the United States of America. So we know that we are attractive. We know that we have done a good job. We want to be sure that we continue to do it, and the only way we're going to do it uh, is you know, taking the responsibility, filling out the census, and be ready for the next generation to come. Amen. Commissioner Garcia, thank you for your time. Uh, Dallas County Commissioner District 4, Dr. Alba Garcia, has been our guest. That website, again, to fill out the census is 2020census.gov, 2020census.gov. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, convey to our audience, or did we pretty much cover it, Dr. Garcia? That I really appreciate their help, their effort, uh, their responsibility. And of course, you know, with the Lord's blessing, we're all on this together and we will be, uh, you know, doing what we need to do to get out of this pandemic. And I hope to see you all pretty soon uh, in person. And of course, to my fellow parishioners at St. Cecilia's Church. All right. Uh, amen. Thank you so much. And again, thanks to Blanca Torres and uh, Minerva Rodriguez for their help in lining up this interview uh, in speaking to Dr. Alba Garcia with District 4 of Dallas County Commissioner's Office. And thanks also to Diane Xavier for her help running the board for this program. And I always like to say, if you have suggestions, if it touches on the Catholic faith and it's local, it fits for this program, the interview of the week, email me with suggestions, Dave Palmer at GRN. Online.com. Have a great rest of your weekend and may God bless you. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM interview of the week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at the same time for another KATH 910 AM interview of the week. Hello, it's Todd Sluter, licensed professional counselor with Epiphany Counseling and sponsor of GRN. I've been blessed to work with many individuals, couples, teens, and families in our diocese, incorporating counseling principles with authentic Catholic values. God wants you to have a greater sense of joy and purpose. If you or someone you know are struggling to find purpose, stuck moving forward with goals in life, or a relationship is not working, you may need to seek a counselor to help regain hope and healing. You may get in touch with me at 469-556-8336. Is the Lord calling you to be a missionary? Hi, Joe McLean here, and the Guadalupe Radio Network is calling for Rosary Missionaries to join with the GRN in praying for very special intentions. Would you be one of them? Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Together, we can bring the power of prayer to bear on a dark world in need of the light of Christ. Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. 
Hi, this is Bob Dwayne with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. My wife, Norma, and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your mortgage situation, we can be reached by calling 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS 12901. Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Munster is hosting an innovating and life-changing retreat on St. John Paul II's teaching on the purpose of life, who we are in God's image, and on Theology of the Body with Monica Ashar, co-founder of Theology of the Body Evangelization Team. The event takes place on Saturday, July 18th at the Sacred Heart Community Center. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.